Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. RingCentral, simpler communications. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, who isn't remotely as concerned that one of the mics might have been on in the studio that I'm recording right now, as I just was for a split panic second. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing fantastic. Um, not a really late night record, but it's 9.30 here, Tuesday, September 20th. Eastern. Um, Eastern, yeah, 9.30 Eastern. Um, watching Yankees Pirates, Harrison Bader's debut is going fantastic. Um, for the Yankees, the best defensive center fielder is a New York Yankee. No longer a return from the Jordan Montgomery trade consists of just a walking boot. We have a real player with a jersey on out there. Um, you love to see that. I'm Tied not trying to create Yankees hate here. That's not oh my boy. goal. Oh, boy. Are we 100% locking him into best defensive center fielder? Yes. Give me your t- case. Um. Okay, so. Because I said so. <laughs> I don't want to use, like, the gold glove argument, but – you know, did win it last year. Um, I want to look at some of the baseball savant stuff, like the outs above average. They're uh, good. They're not 
like I mean 99th percentile last year, 89th percentile the year before, 97th percentile the year before that, 99th percentile the year before that. Um and in the time he's played earlier this year, he was 91st percentile. So yeah, I I I mean it's either him or uh Kevin Kieran. I was about to say, Meyer is it a is it a bad head, take right? to say that Kieran Meyer still like hasn't lost oh. that spot even though he's been hurt so much? No, but no, it's not because also Harrison Bader's been hurt this year as well. So I think I don't think it's wrong to say either one of those two. You could have thrown Jackie Bradley in there, but I in I recent know. memory, I don't I don't agree with that one. I he mean, wasn't even playing center field for the Red Sox this year, was he? Or no, no he, he was, was playing right. Okay, yeah. Kike, so. was, Kike was in center. He hasn't played center field in two years. Um pulling up a little bit more specifics in terms of like outs above average and stuff. The two of them are the best two center fielders by about four outs oh. since 2019. That's pretty good. Over a four season stretch, they are they they have solidified themselves as the two best. Kiermaier at 36, Bader at 35. But again, Kiermaier, I don't even think was he healthy all of last year either. Um, 122 kind of, games, so somewhat. Yeah, again, he he's very much still on the tail end, but I think that's of his production. But I think it's uh, seven it's, war season. In 2015, oh my God, Kevin Kiermaier. Yeah, I would say LJ. This guy. I mean, I don't, I don't remember him being seven WAR good, but he was good. It's the Tampa effect. What else can I say? Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that they're like the same player. Can Uh, I make that take? Yes. Career-wise, Harrison Bader is one percent better than um a one percent better hitter than Kevin Kiermeyer. And you look at the track and you look at like the clear lead that Kevin Kiermeyer, like Kevin Kiermeyer leaped over Harrison Bader when I brought that 2019 in. So that's four years ago. Four years ago is where Harrison Bader is right now. Kevin Kiermeyer, I believe he's 32, right? Yep. So Kevin Kiermaier at 28 was better. I'm gonna I must narrow this down to 2019 alone. Um Kevin you Kiermaier know, I was think, the best in the league. LJ, um, I don't think it's wrong to say that Harrison Bader, at least the last couple years, has been a better hitter. I don't think that that's wrong to make that argument. They're so close though that like I don't know, again. A couple of productive year again, 114, 115, but you know, if that's the peak that we're getting, which it probably is, then like 114, 115, if they're followed by like more of the same or like a couple 120 seasons, look like he's building to something. If that's just his peak, then that almost feels more like a 105 type guy. Right. And it's and it's a 105 with um tremendous value at the most at uh well i don't know lj i mean other outside of a catcher what's what's more important to you shortstop or center field for a defense? i think short just because you can lose more games at short than you can at center field in center field centers 
easily second though, right? Like it's easily the third position, yes. Yeah, or yeah, or sorry, third, yeah, and then third most valuable. And but anyways, um, regardless, nice to see Harrison Bader on the Yankees. Two big hits tonight. Um, other than that, we have a few things to get to, as we always do. We find stuff to talk about. I mean, it's not really us finding we've, stuff. We've found stuff to talk about baseball related every day for the last two years for 420 something episodes 420 um, is Wait, this episode, episode 420 this is episode 420 no. honestly i'm really much i'm greatly enjoying what happened this uh month i'm not sure if anyone's noticed the dates and the episode numbers lined up perfectly this month yes yes and it makes things so much easier for record keeping and remembering what file I'm looking for and everything. It's just nice. Well, before we get into actual game talk, um, you know, LJ, I, 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 I gotta admit, I mean, just cause I am a finance student and whatnot, the whole like luxury tax CBA stuff to me is just so fascinating. Um, I, I love this stuff. I love looking at how teams operate, how they, all the financial constraints they have to deal with, because baseball especially is so complex with this competitive balance tax, of course, because it's not a salary cap. It's not a salary floor. It's something completely different. I love talking about this stuff. Um, We have official numbers now as to who has to pay the luxury tax in 2022. The Associated Press got the internal numbers from the MLB. Um, this is all official now. There's no more speculation. We actually know what um, who has to pay the tax. And remember, this is restructured um, from the CBA uh, as they switched up some of the luxury tax stuff starting this year it's going to go the thresholds are going to increase every year from now i think through 2026 um but what you want to know who is paying the luxury tax well the mets dodgers yankees phillies padres and red sox are over the threshold this is just the second time um, since the luxury tax was created, that six teams pay the tax. Um, second straight year for the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, as a second-time offender, you have to pay um, more tax, um, and I will get to that in a minute. But um, the other four clubs, Yankees, Phillies, Mets, and Red Sox, it's all their first time over. Well, not their first time over the tax, but since they were not over in 2021, they're considered a first time offender. You get um, uh, penalized if you go over two, two consecutive years or three consecutive years, et cetera. Um, basically, if your luxury tax payroll is over 230 or yeah, it's over 230 million. You pay 20% on every dollar. Um, over 250 million is 32%. 270 million is 62.5% for first time payers, and then 65% after that. Now, and for those it, who aren't familiar, Brandon, is that 
you're paying on what the overage is or on your total team payroll? Your overage. So let's say you are at 235 million. So you are $5 million over the threshold. Or actually, this is a perfect example. The Red Sox are at 234.5 million. They are paying 20% of that $4.5 million that they're over. So about $900,000 in fees that they're paying on top of um, their salaries that they're paying already. Um, the Phillies, they have to pay $2.6 million. The Yankees, $9.4 million. Um, and then we get into some of the bigger numbers. But if you're over $290 million, it is 80% on every dollar that you're over. Um, and I believe it's like... Don't quote me on this, but it might be like if you're between for every dollar between 230 and 250 million, you pay the 20 percent for every dollar between 250 and 270, you pay the 32 percent, um, something like that. Kind of how real life tax brackets work, um, for those who are familiar. I'm sure Papa Elge, um, very happy that we're bringing this up right now. Um, we however, should brought him on for this, yeah, yeah, literally. Um, however. That was for first-time payers, except for the 270, 290 million threshold. Second-time payers, Dodgers and Padres, that first threshold is 30%, then 42%, 75%, 90% respectively. Um, you know, I believe the most that a team is paying, like for the substantial sums, the Mets have to pay 29.9 million in tax. The Dodgers, 29.4 million. Um, there are other uh, penalties that are associated with the luxury tax, which the AP article did not really go into. If you exceed the first threshold by 40 or more, 40 million or more, you your top pick gets pushed back 10 spots. So both the Mets and the Dodgers whatever their first round pick or their first pick in the 2023 draft is drop that 10 spots. Um, also it is like, there's more rules with like these if signing free agents. Um, it's like you lose second and your fifth highest selection and then a million from your bonus pool for the international free agency. Basically the league tries to create a competitive balance with these taxes and they fail to to do so since they started it um yankees have paid the most in tax since it came into existence and they've had a, over 500 record every single year since the mid 90s so th it's not working um and it shouldn't work because it's you know it's so dumb in it's, a lot of ways so wrong on so many levels you know as much as you need something to threaten you i don't know I, I don't I don't see that I don't see a ton of the point. I'm not a I'm not a strong cap or tax supporter. So the I rich owners are gonna be rich and they don't care about the tax. If they're yeah, already here's the other thing it. too. With this group, it will not matter a darn bit. And Dave Dombrowski, kind of, who's the GM for the Phillies, you think he cares? <laughs> and that's yeah, exactly my point here. Let's talk about Philly because this is the exact same conversation point I think we had yesterday. If it wasn't on the show, it was 
while we were doing our conversation for the next topic, Aaron Judge. And that's the fact that in my head, winning is always worth it. Winning give you get so much money from winning. Like, I don't think people understand the amount of money that comes in from a World Series championship or even just generally being good, especially in big markets. San Diego is a different case because it is a, a small to mid-sized market. But at the same time, if they're winning, if they have all these stars, they're going to get the national attention either way, especially if you continue this um, rivalry with the Dodgers. They're, I think, the most, most easily affectable one of the group. But the rest of them, as long as they feel like they have a chance that they can win within the next two to three years, or maybe the next two years, I would never even bat an eye at my luxury tax balance if I was one of those owners. Because the winning and being competitive, being good, is always going to bring in way more money than you're spending on the tax and spending on your payroll. Without fail. Every time. It will. So, it it doesn't sweat it for me. And, you know, if we're talking about, you know, areas on the brink, I would call Philly a big market for baseball. I don't think it's a... I don't think it would be a big market for an American league, but the fact that it's a national league team, they have the Phillies name and brand that makes them a big enough market that they've got the fan base to be able to withstand uh, several years over the tax. And if you're trying to be a contender, you don't need those rebuilding type picks anyways. Um, you know, I hate to do it because LJ, but he LJ did start off the show by saying, "I don't want to hate on the Yankees." Um, the Red Sox here with these new CBA rules, LJ. Big winners. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Big losers uh, could be actually here. Um, with what happened because they just barely exceeded the luxury tax. Um, part of the new CBA, you get less for if you extend a qualifying offer and a player does not resign with you now, um, that could mean that the, should the Red Sox let Xander Bogarts walk um, and offer him a qualifying offer, the draft pick they get might be like in the range of 135 to 140 overall. Um you know, it's not the biggest deal, but it's 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 not ideal. No, say- it's a big it's a big deal, and I will say it to me, it is ideal. And we were both going to the exact same spot when I said big winners and you said big losers, because I come at this from the perspective of the Red Sox cannot let this man go, and because they didn't trade him at the deadline, they clearly do not want to let him go. This deadline was a clear sign that they were going to prune the branches that they didn't think were necessary. And then the rest of that deadline was focused on getting guys, trying guys out that they could build towards the future with. Guys like Reese McGuire and giving Tommy Pham a little bit of a tryout here. They clearly want Xander back in this team. And now, because they went over over the luxury tax line, their incentive or no, not their incentive. I, the best word I would say is the pressure to bring him back is now significantly higher than it was before because you're basically getting pennies on the dollar of the return 
that you would have gotten had you not go over the, gone over the luxury tax. All this does now is put more pressure on the Red Sox because the only way they're getting a good value deal now is by bringing him back. And that's 100% necessary for this team's success. Well, let's talk about how this affects the Mets and Dodgers for their qualifying offer um, situation. LJ, the Mets, they have four guys um, who could potentially be qualifying offer recipients. Jacob deGrom, Edwin Diaz, Chris Bassett, and Brandon Nimmo. Um, You know, roster construction-wise, I mean – this is what this MLB day or MLB trade rumors article saying. Like roster construction wise, it might not be the biggest or the, the worst thing, but um for draft compensation, you know, while the MLB draft might be the least important out of the four sports in terms of constructing your your major league roster, you know, just losing these picks and like quite possibly only getting like later picks for letting guys walk now because the CBA is just something that you're going to have to look out for. I think teams are going to be very, I don't know what the word is, I guess safe, not safe, very smart with who they're giving qualifying offers out to now um, because of these new rules. And I don't want to butcher anything, so go and look up, like, MLB CBA qualifying offer. You can see the whole extent of that. Um, Look, regardless, teams are going to have very important choices as to whether or not they really think that they can re-sign these guys um, this offseason. And it's just something to definitely look out for. In total... Teams are going to be paying these six teams $73 million in luxury fees. Of course, Mets and Dodgers have the vast majority. Um, and, you know, it's – this money gets put back into – it's it's a given to the smaller market teams, which is great, but they don't spend it anyway. So it's, it's, it's just such a flawed system to begin with. Um, but hey, LJ, we have this for like five more years. When's the next? When's the next uh, lockout? Oh, sorry, I mean CBA. Um, it's going to be a lockout. And what they should do, if the players were smart, I think this is a ground that they could win on. What if it ended up being like food stamps? Explain. Not like all right. It looks that's going to sound terrible because it's like these teams need it. All right, that's I, I'm floundering here, but. Like, in the fact that you're getting the money for this, like, you're getting the money for the food, but it can be spent only spent on food because that's what you got the ticket for. The money that goes to these teams is held by Major League Baseball until a request is sent in based on roster-related moves. So if they get, you know, $1.5 million, like, like, let's say a team gets $1.5 million, they spend three million on a player. They can then request the one point five, citing this purchase. I mean, I like that, but I think you could even extend it further than just like roster moves. Some of these teams, like Oakland, housing terrible, minor leaguers. Uh, literally, I was gonna say minor league salaries, minor league accommodations, 
stadium upgrades, like not just into the owner's pocket, which we know is, is exactly where it's going. And that's why these small market teams are LJ. Why do we think like the owners argue for this at every CBA? Because they because they freaking love it. Because the big market owners know that they're big market owners and that they can spend a lot and they don't care about spending. And the small market owners know, oh, I can spend not a lot and I'm still going to get paid money back. I'm going to get a rebate on this extremely small amount I'm already spending. It's the, I, I really hate to say it, but I, I think that the next lockout, the next CBA, when that happens, they're going to, if the players want to get what they really want, they're they're gonna have to miss games and that sucks because that's gonna be terrible for everybody but until like well, some... it'll be terrible for the kbo because they'll get back on espn again yeah exactly and like it's just the fact that it has to come to that because there is the owners have so much leverage in these negotiations is sad but LJ, I'm done talking about sad stuff. Let's talk about Aaron Judge. Yeah, and also, can we take time to appreciate that on on our 420 episode, we spent the vast majority of it talking about the green? I <laughs> love it. Um, uh, yeah, so quick mid-show meeting. Do we want to just do Judge, or do we want to do Judge in Britain and then move the other thing to tomorrow? Or we can just talk about the other thing right now. Canada's dropping their VAX mandate September 30th, right in time for the playoffs. Toronto had a nice run, Brandon. They they did. They got to take advantage of it the whole year. Um, I don't think there was really going to be a problem for the playoffs. Well, possibly, possibly a Tampa Bay. Um, when First we're round talking. exit. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to an AL East team getting knocked out in the first round um, as LJ hits the take the L dance on the camera. Um yeah, vax mandates getting dropped. I, I, there's not much to say there. Um, good all around. Everyone can play now. Fantastic all around, and and the Toronto Blue Jays dropped to 13th in my power rankings. Um, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, dude, the man, the myth, the legend. This is Aaron Judge. It's also kind of, um, Paul Goldschmidt. Because really, what I want to talk about here is partially his chase to 161 but also his chase of the Triple Crown. Chase to 161. 61. Yeah, get him to 161 home runs or else I'm not impressed. Otherwise, Shohei Otani's the MVP. <laughs> um, yeah, LJ, as of right now, um, he is .01 batting average points behind Luis Arias um, for the American League lead. Easily going to win in homers. Easily going to win in RBIs. And, and I want to talk about how impressive. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to talk about how impressive his season has been outside of just the triple crown stats. Because. We like the triple crown. I love the triple crown. However, what you got to realize is that when all the steroid guys were hitting like. You That's know. not the good way to start a triple crown conversation. No, this is not triple <laughs> crown. This is this is about judges' greatness this year. I'm gonna pull it up right now because when Bonds 
and Sosa and McGuire were hitting in the 60s for their home runs, they weren't 20 home runs better than the next closest guy, right? There was multiple players doing this. What Aaron Judge is doing in this offensive um just the way the offensive landscape is in the MLB right now is so much worse than it was. Like the pitching is so much better. And he's leading in everything. I mean, home runs, runs, RBIs, on base percentage, slugging percentage. LJ, he could be the first guy with over a 700 slugging percentage since 2001 Barry Bonds. And oh, yeah, he hit 73 home runs that year. What he's doing, over a 200 on the plus stats, OPS plus and way to runs created plus. Mike Trout's never done that before. Um, You know, Albert Pujols has never done that before. Mickey Mantle did it twice, and he had 54 home runs and 52 home runs when he did it. We're talking this is quite possibly a top 20 greatest hitting season of all time ever like every Ruth season every Bond season every Hank Aaron season every Mantle season every Sosa season every name any player by plus by these OPS plus way to runs created plus he is it's a it's a top 25 or top 20 season ever we might not see something like this for a long time after this and it needs to be appreciated i mean i it's it's insane what he's done just in general but to lead in like on base percentage too like it's not he's walking they're trying to walk him as much as he can as much as they can and he still has 59 well brandon some of us are trying to appreciate it but you won't let us talk about the triple crown I'm just messing oh around. Oh my god, what just happened? I turned on what, I what did just game and IKF like was running after the ball into the outfield. So something happened. That's, that's pretty on brand, to be honest. It looks like Anthony Rizzo like threw it by him. Yeah. Okay. Talk about this triple crown, LJ. Triple crown. Let's start with batting average. And this is really where the triple crown stuff for him impresses me. We said a week ago, Xander Bogarts was there batting average held the batting average title and judge was like 10 points back yeah and we said yes xander there's a lot of times xander could fall off he could have a cold week and stuff and then i cut you off and i was like let's talk about the other very likely case with all of this and i'm like there's a chance where xander either improves or at minimum holds pat which no one can blame him for just being as good as he's been all season. And there's still, I think, a chance. There's a world where Aaron Judge still beats him out. We are now about a week, roughly, removed from that comment. And Luis Arias, who is already closer to him, is a, a point above him. Xander Bogarts is at the same spot he was a week ago. And Aaron Judge is now tied. That's how impressive this whole this whole run is. It's like he almost... All of a sudden, saw oh yeah, I can hit the I can get the triple crown now. I'm just gonna go do that. It's the ultimate power move, and this is I don't care. I do care about the other stats, 
any other situation, I would care about the other stats. But I say it time and time again, because of the nature of some of these statistics, the wide breadth of things you have to do, and I know they're not all perfect estimations of what you're doing here, but batting average, that's the OG on base. That is how much you're putting the ball in play, how many, how much you're moving runners, how much you're getting yourself into a position where you could score. Home runs is the OG, basically the, as far as I'm concerned, it's like the OG WOBA or the hard, or hard hits, whatever you want to say. It's showing you how often you're getting, you know, these mul- these big hits, these bombs, that stuff, because usually the type of guy that's leading in home runs is also going to be up there pretty high in doubles. So extra base hit type guys. And then the RBIs, Brandon's going to hate this more than anyone I know, I think. That is the way, the best way that people knew how for a very long time to judge clutch hitting. Was batting average with runners in scoring position a little bit, but mostly RBIs. And to an extent, it still does that. So this is a full estimation of just about all you could ask a guy to do except stealing bases in the game. From From at the plate, that is all you can ask of a guy is the triple crown. And that's why no other stats would matter to me if a guy won the triple crown. Because I still think the prestige and the variance in your skill set is so big when you do that, that takes away from anything else. If Vladdy had made it last year, I give him the MVP. I said it then, I say it now. And that's the same type of energy and... I have towards Judge. Judge is still, either, no matter what, my MVP pick. But he would be he would be a lock if he were to get though that extra two percent. I mean, we saw in 2012, Mike Trout was one of the was one of 10 players since 2000. No, sorry, one of it was one of 10 seasons since 2000, if you're counting 2022 Aaron Judge and 2018 Betts, to put up 10 war, and he still didn't win MVP because Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown, right? And I'm just going to read through this list. Right now, Judge has the fifth best season by Fangraph's war since 2000. And in order, it's Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds, Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Barry Bonds, Mike Trout, Buster Posey, Mike Trout, and A-Rod. As the only players since 2000 with 10 fan graphs war. And it just doesn't happen. It 10, 10 war is, is just, it does not happen. And it makes you think for all the people that are like, well, you know, the Yankees haven't been winning much in the second half. You know what Aaron Judge has done in the second half, LJ? Um, 50% of the scoring for the team. A 1.359 OPS, um, a 374 batting average, and an 850 slugging percentage. To just call him a home run chase is just a tremendously lazy analysis, in my opinion. And it's like, well, what would happen if, you know, but the Yankees are losing. They've, they've fallen off. Yeah, imagine if Judge wasn't on our team how bad the collapse would have been. I mean, LJ, how bad would would it have been? It would have been very bad. I have another counterpoint here, which, you know, 
another big part of this. We can't talk about Judge in his MVP season without talking about the fact that there's a lot of people who just desperately don't want to see him win it, and there's a lot of people that just ride Shohei Otani so hard and so often that they don't know what else to do with themselves if he's not MVP. Can we also talk about the fact that Shohei Otani's doing, like, he's doing fine. He's doing good. We already had the whole MVP, Shohei Otani MVP conversation like a week and a half ago. And I stand by the fact that, you know, the extra roster spot and the fact that he plays the least valuable position on the field for four out of the five days, those two things cancel each other out for me. So that extra effect just isn't there anymore to the Shohei Otani thing. But if we're going to give Judge the criticism of the Yankees haven't been winning a lot, we need to apply that same criticism to Shohei Otani, who's on a 64 and 83 team. If he's Sorry. so great, why is this not above 500? Yeah. Uh, but I do have one more thing to say about Triple Crown. This might be an unpopular take, and I'm not entirely sure I'm all in on it. That's why I want to discuss it. Batting average should not be a part of the Triple Crown. Brandon, it makes no sense to me because it's like one of these things is not like the other. You have one percentage stat and two counting stats. I would much rather hits in my head. I'd rather hits than batting average because they almost always are the same and they really what I'm looking for out of this is I want to see the what's the word I'm looking for um the ability to play lots of games longevity longevity no durability durability there durability um it's late can't you tell it's not even that late for us like I should be oh. coherent right now um but no it just makes more sense to me for it to be hits home runs RBIs and no one's ever really had that conversation I love batting average, and again, I've just shown I have, still have a ton of respect for this award, but particularly hits, I think, works way better than batting average because it shows that extra the extra step to me. On the pitching side, I'm not hugely thrilled with ERA, but if you went to earned runs, that also becomes quite an issue because um, I'm already losing my train of thought again. You know, you've got guys who, yes, they give up less earned runs, but they have a higher ERA because you've got guys now who go twice through the order and are done. So you could have, you know, you could you could have a Ray that only pitches four innings per start that gives up two earned runs, or you could have Zach Wheeler going seven to eight innings and giving up three earned runs. One of those guys is going to have far less runs by the end of the year than the other. That's a little backwards to me. That's why I get ERA has to be the way it is. Batting average does not, though. Just a little bit of a hot take there. No, I absolutely get that. As Clay Holmes just gave up a three-run home run, um, and the Yankees are going to lose to the Pirates. So, great. We love that. Um, damn, that sucks. LJ, anything else today? Do we do we want to push that other thing tomorrow? We're at about thirty-five minutes right now. Yeah, we can push that. That'll be the top of tomorrow's show. 
Beautiful. Plus, we can actually spend some some good time on that. Um, we're gonna keep it a surprise for you. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Um, we'll be back. Check us out: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. Until then, uh, we'll see you. See you manana. Shopify presents cool sheets from Aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.